0: Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here, back with yet another episode of the How We Solve Show. Today, I have with me Kevin Marvinek, who leads partnerships at Shipbob, a global logistics platform that fulfills e-commerce orders for direct-to-consumer brands. Previously, he led the growth and product teams at Shipbob and worked in growth marketing and operations at Tide Cleaners, also formerly known as PressBox, and Airbnb. He is a certified specialist on wine and lives in Northern California. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, GQ. All right, so Kevin, what's the problem that we're gonna be talking about today?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's a hot topic for e-com right now, given all the changes to the acquisition world Uh, with Apple's privacy settings. We're gonna talk about differentiating your brand to retain consumers. So we're gonna talk about that, that whole experience that you have around loyalty marketing and customers returning to your site.
0: So, you know, when we talk about differentiation, right? Like, so what's kind of like the first step to tackling this problem?
1: So I don't pretend to be the loyalty marketing expert of all time, but it, I can explain a little bit about what some of our 7,000 plus com brands do, um, and try and break it down into buckets. So there's always going to be product specific or, or market specific things like, you know, just the question that customers ask themselves, do I need more of this? Right? Like shaving razors, for example, are going to have a much higher reorder rate organically than maybe stand up paddleboards. That's just a fact, but. You know, anyone can do loyalty marketing, no matter what you sell and no matter your market. Retention, in my opinion, is really a function of the brand experience. And it's a function of loyalty marketing. How do you talk to your customers by your brand? So there's a ton of strategies within both those areas, but I'll try and unpack maybe a couple today that have been successful for our customers. So one is subscriptions. Subscriptions is sort of a more in that ladder camp where it's loyalty marketing. It's, it's another form of loyalty marketing. Loyalty programs that would be, you know, get discounts if you repurchase a certain amount of times or if you sign up for a customer list, et cetera. A contextual loyalty marketing. So this would be things that are more driven from how your customers are actually interacting with either your product or social media or even your website. And then, of course, the shipping and unboxing experience. Those are kind of some of the, and obviously I'm much closer, <laughs> given I work for ShipBob, I'm much closer to the shipping and unboxing experience. So I think that's probably where I'd focus if we were to do like a deep dive today on the session.
0: Diving into that, you know, what's a good example that you can share from there, you know, that allows brands to differentiate themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, shipping and unboxing, there's a lot of levers you can pull. I think the story that I've seen with brands is they have this perception, this blocker, mental blocker, that it's too hard or it's too expensive. So I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture that is something that I walk some of our brands through. Brand A. So you have brand A. It's a cool D2C product. You have customers that discover it. They go to their website and they buy a product. When they're buying the product for brand A, they see something like free shipping or standard shipping at checkout, but there's no details on when you actually could expect the thing. We live in an Amazonified world. Obviously I'm a little perturbed by that. I'm like, I might get this next Tuesday. I might get this in a month. This is annoying to me, but you buy the product anyway, because it's a cool brand. One to three days later, it might be up to three, you see a tracking link come to your email and it says, here's a USPS tracking link, click on it and it takes you just to the USPS website that just says in transit, right? Maybe this email even goes to like some sort of promotions folder in your Google, if you use Gmail and that you might even miss it. And then of course, four to seven days after that, you're probably going to get the thing. It's probably going to be in a brown box with plastic tape. There's going to be likely, you know, plastic pillows inside or something that just over is what I see a lot in the space. And you just throw all this stuff out, right? And then finally, you know, maybe a month later, you get an email from the brand asking you to write a review on their website. And you just had this experience where maybe maybe all the assets leading up to your purchase, like the Instagram ad that you clicked on, the website itself, the browsing, the product experience, maybe everything was great, but that unboxing experience and that delivery experience was subpar. So who knows what, what kind of review you're going to leave? That's experience A. That exists with most non-Amazon sales channels for a lot of smaller e-commerce brands on the market right now. That's the default setting. So now let's pivot to brand B. You discover a cool brand, same thing. You click on an Instagram ad or whenever you shop the website. When you visit the website, the product page clearly says, if you order this in the next two hours and 31 minutes, you can receive it by Thursday. It's clear. It's crystal. So you add it to your cart and that same promise is reflecting in the shipping settings. It says, hey, two-day shipping is free or costs maybe a nominal amount. But if you want standard slow shipping expected, you know, four to five days later, you can make that choice. It's clear to the consumer minute you do it, you get an email thanking you and sending you to your tracking status page, which is a branded page. It's tracking.brandb.com, And it says, here's the status. Here's the carrier we're going to use. Here's maybe a little map showing it how it's visually going to get to you. You might even see a coupon, like thanks for your purchase. Here's 20% off for your next order. Or maybe like a link to a blog post on how to use the product, right? It's, it's very branded. It's a branded experience. When tracking becomes available, you get a text. Text messages are read at a much higher rate than emails. So you see it right away. And you can just have some confidence knowing that it's on its way. The product finally arrives at your doorstep. It's in a branded box. Maybe it's sustainable packaging. Maybe it's Jami paper, like that kind of padded paper, as opposed to plastic pillows that you're just going to throw out and it's paper taped. It's it's water soluble, right? So you don't feel as bad recycling it versus throwing it away. And maybe in the box, there's even a postcard thanking you for your order with a custom note because it's your first time ever ordering from this brand. What's the more connected experience between brand A and brand B? It's, It's obvious. Which one is going to build the billion-dollar econ brand? Which one is going to be the next Alberts or Chubbies or whatever? The answer is clear. So, again, the problem with this is that brands think, e-commerce sellers, I should say, think that brand B's experience is too intensive. It's too hard, which just isn't true anymore. And so we can talk about why that's not true anymore as well.
0: Yeah, because like, you know, when you mentioned that, like, so I'm just picturing that as you're describing that, right? So I'm imagining myself just making an order right now. So brand A, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty much like run of the mill. Like, like you said, it's probably like most brands, whether they're starting out or somewhere, they got used to it, they're just going to do that. But, you know, I, I think like one really big thing, especially for 2022 onwards, you know, are people always talking about personalization. And I like the part that you talked about the postcard, for example, it's a little nice thing at the end, but Sometimes people think it's just a really small gesture, but it really goes like shows that you care about me as a customer, for example, right? And I think that, yeah, it does sound daunting because it sounds like, you know, everything that you said, you know, from start till finish for the brand B experience, it's awesome. But maybe I as a merchant or just, you know, someone who's getting into this will be like, yeah, okay, that sounds like there's a lot to do. So how do I get started at all to, you know, to do this, to ensure that everything's just as precise as it's going to be, right? Like you said, in two hours and 31 minutes, it's going to be shipped by Thursday. It's like, whoa, that's really precise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, and it does sound intimidating. I'm, I'm the first one to admit that, but what's been great about the last 10 years of e-commerce is we've had this broad scale democratization of all of these great tools. 10 years ago, what I just laid out for you was the purview of the huge brands that were exceptionally experience focused, like the Zappos of the world. And that was, those were the only companies that could afford to do that. But now I, I just don't think that's true anymore. And here's maybe a couple of examples. Two-day shipping before Amazon FBA was prohibitively expensive, right? It was, it was always, if you wanted two-day shipping before FBA came and lit the world on fire of e-commerce, you were going to pay a lot for FedEx guaranteed services or UPS guaranteed services. But now it's table stakes. And because it's table stakes for customers, for consumers, it's table stakes for brands, which makes it great for service providers like ShipBob, like others who can say, hey, we're going to do the work of figuring out a guaranteed two-day service. Maybe it's algorithmic price shopping among all these carrier services. Maybe it's distributing physical inventory so it's closer to, you know, major metropolitan areas. So you can just get it there in ground, cheap shipping. Or maybe it's both. And we're taking that notice on because we know that it's an expectation in the market. So now as a small merchant, fast forward again 10 years we're in 2022, the world has been Amazonified in terms of expectations around shipping. You can come to us as a, as an e-commerce seller shipping out of your garage and going to USPS every day, doing 200, let's say orders per month, and you can get world-class fulfillment services that allow you to do two-day shipping anywhere in the lower 48 in the United States for, for, by the way, not that expensive, like not much more than you going to the post office. I would say it's a nominal amount more, if anything. And so I think that's really powerful and that shouldn't be discounted. Just like Shopify sort of helped to democratize the actual owned channel building, the website building portion of the e-com world you know providers like ShipBob and others are trying to democratize the amazonification of the shipping experience so it's just one example of all the experiences i laid out for you of how the world has the world is just a
0: frankly a better place for e com sellers right now it's easier for oh yeah way. for sure oh that that's definitely 100% sure and i think we we kind of saw that that huge development a huge push over the past one or two years. I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, like <laughs> with what's happened in the world, right? So that's definitely changed considerably. I mean, like, I still remember like back in March 2020, I think that's when everything just kind of like went like, whoa, okay, what's going to happen now? And I think everyone just got a, just got way better at the end of it. And now it's like, you know, we're coming back to the norm in a way. Things are starting to get a little bit more chill, maybe perhaps, you know, that's kind of like what, <laughs> what I've been hearing from other, you know, uh, tech providers. I'm hearing from other, uh, you know, from other stores as well. So it's it's quite interesting to see how far shipping has come actually until today,
1: yeah. And I would say it's not just about speed, too. that's that's the other thing about shipping. You know, I used to be in product management and and the old adage in product management is you can have it fast, cheap, or good, but you've got to pick two, one or two, maybe. maybe you can't have all three. It's very very rare to have all three. And so I think the adage that also applies in shipping, you know obviously it's maybe slightly different parameters, but you either can have you know, really, really fast shipping, you can have lots of customization, meaning the custom packaging, the the custom gift notes, all that other stuff. And then reliability is the other piece. Like how how much on, what is your on-time delivery rate when you promise that customer two-day shipping? Is it 95%? Is it 90%? Is it 99%, et cetera. So those are kind of like the, that's the, that's the science behind it. And that's where, you know, individual e-commerce brands historically would find that really, really challenging to manage all those trade-offs. But if you, if you have like a third-party provider, or if you have, wms system that builds some of this stuff and you can really even as a small brand you can manage it because there's lots of
0: help and so how how would that look like so not like you know let's let's do a further deep dive into there right you know we talked about i mean we talked about the possibilities that there are out there right now and you know i'm, I'm curious to learn more about how you guys are doing this you know at, at a more perhaps granular level and then, you know how, how things are being done at ShipBob to you know how these brands scale basically and you know how how they can help separate or rather adopt this, as you said, create this brand B experience, right? How how does ShipBop go about doing that?
1: Yeah, so typically we start, I mean, we're we're a shipping provider and fulfillment provider. So we start with the shipping. Um, So how do you provide that two-day experience? We have our own branded program that is a combination of, you know, shopping 35, I think, carrier services that we shop in real time um, for the best price and the highest deliverability rates, which we, we have a data science team that kind of tracks deliverability rates by carrier service over time. So, you know, for, for example, if FedEx in Southern California is not performing particularly well in, in the recent months, but UPS is really, really strong, we'll, we'll take that into consideration. So there's, that's how, that's, that's where we start is get on our two day program and so you can, you can at least offer that option to check out. And then from there, it's a matter of, I would say two kind of core activities. It's connecting the dots with all their other technology in their website, which I'll talk about in a second. And then the second piece is just making sure that the deliverability rates are good and that it's affordable for the brand. And that, and that's pretty easy stuff. Affordability is going to be a function of where is your inventory? Because if you're, you know, if 80% of your sales come from the Eastern Seaboard, Southern California, and Texas, and you don't have a warehouse in one of those places, you're going to be paying high zone shipping to the place where you don't have a warehouse, right? So by going with a provider like ShipBob or even an FBA does it for you, but really any multi-node 3PL. You can distribute your inventory close to your customers. And then that way, every, every price per package goes down. Sometimes dollars, dollars per package. But let's talk about connecting the tools. Cause I think that's the harder part for some folks. If you want that brand B experience, you want like the, bra- the branded tracking page is a great example. you got to connect what you're doing operationally, whether it's your own warehouse or 3PL, um, or even just shipping out of your garage or your spare bedroom. You got to connect that with the tools that are hooked up to your Shopify store or whatever you're selling on. There are other great vendors to do this. This is one of the reasons Shopify is proliferating, right? Is there's so many apps to choose from. We partnered with AfterShip. We've talked with Narvar a bunch to to help provide that branded tracking experience to our customers where we're plugging in our data so that the customers are getting real-time kind of status notifications. Hey, this was sent to the warehouse. There's no tracking number yet. Hey, the tracking number just became available. Here it is. It's USPS. So that, that part's about connectivity and integrations. Returns, same thing. So if you use a provider, a modern sort of like uh, Shopify focused provider, like a loop returns, happy returns, returnly, we're going to be able to hook into them so that when your customers go to that returns page to create or initiate a return or exchange, it's automatically talking to ship up through our API and saying, hey, this return is coming. It's undamaged. Just restock it. Inspect it, of course, and then restock it. But by the way, also ship out an exchange because this customer wanted a different size. And that's all automated for you. So now it becomes a technology game. It's actually much less of a logistics game or much less of a marketing game. It's a technology game. And you've got to make sure that whatever tools you have, again, whether it's your, your, your own warehouse with the WMS or whether it's 3PL, you got to be able to connect, connect all those tools.
0: It's no longer like separated channels. For example, we're talking about bringing it all in together, speaking with different technologies to have, to have those engagements, you know, for example, like, you know, If an order is is, is getting returned or, you know, an order goes missing, you know, how does that connect to customer service as well? And how can customer service respond to that and, you know, maybe uh, act on that as well? Like, hey, your order is going to be delayed. You know, can we can customer service do something about that, be it through automation or through a human agent? And I think that this technology integration is super crucial at this point. And it just makes your life a lot easier as as a business owner, too. Right. And,
1: you know, you, you brought up a great example of customer support. Let me speak to that for a second. There's a, been a big trend, I feel like, to dehumanize or reduce the initial human interaction around customer support, which just blows my mind. I know it's expensive, but, you know, a well-trained human being that's empowered with data and tools is going to be an extension of your brand always, right? And so that, that's a big function of loyalty is when your customer support really, really solid. So, so it's an example of how technology and integration can actually improve that process to create that brand B experience that we've talked about is gorgeous. So gorgeous is a You know, obviously one of the leading customer service platforms for e-commerce. And we've been talking with them, working with them for a long time. We never had a direct integration. So our customers would use Gorgeous, and Gorgeous would talk to whatever Shopify or, or any other system and then Shopify or whatever that system is would talk to us, but there was no connectivity. And so what we found given the feedback was our merchants were saying that their customer support agents, teams of five to call it 15 people on average, were spending hours and hours and hours with two systems open answering tickets in Gorgeous, troubleshooting in ShipBob, coming back to Gorgeous, same thing, rinse and repeat maybe three or four or five times till they got from them on the issue. So we said, okay, forget all that. Let's do a direct integration through our API to Gorgeous's API. And Gorgeous rolled it out. They built it. And it brings all the ShipBob real-time status information that's extremely granular, like to the point of at 7.41 PM, we were picking this order and we hit a small snag where we didn't have the right packaging size. So we're going to put it in a slightly bigger box. And we're piping that gorgeous. So the point at which the customer support agent is trying to help the end customer, they have all the data at their fingertips and they don't need to to change systems. I mean, this has saved brands 10, 15, 20 hours a week in cumulative time, and just allow their support agents to be more effective. So it's just one great example of a lot of its integrations, a lot of its technology nowadays.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, that's a really great point as well. Like, while brands are looking to automate, you know, a little bit, just expanding on a customer service topic before we dive right back, automation, chatbots, et cetera. But, you know, having someone be able, well, first of all, having technology empower that agent. Right, you know, like you said, giving that information at their fingertips, and so when they're responding to a customer, they know exactly where the where where the parcel is, or where the delivery is, or what's the problem in the warehouse. And so when they speak with customers, they can give that level of granular detail as well. Because, for example, we can just say, "Hey, your order's delayed." they got lost in X place and they're like okay but why you know or you know like we we had an issue in the warehouse why at what time you know and but if when you when you're precise i think customers definitely do appreciate that a lot and i think it, it like you said it's also it also adds to the fact that this is how a brand can differentiate itself from other brands because you actually truly care you give that level of detail that perhaps other brands cannot do And so they have that level of confidence like, okay, yeah, these guys, you know, they they really know where my stuff is and they really care about me. So- go, Yeah, I mean, I I just think
1: about one of our, one of my colleagues at ShipBob who's since left, but was our VP of customer success a few years ago. She said something brilliant to me that I've always remembered, which is every time there's bad news to deliver a customer, yes, it's of course bad news, but it's an opportunity for you to showcase your character as a company and how you care about those customers. And I just think that's such a powerful, like flipping on its head type paradigm because because think about that experience you mentioned. Hey, our order's delayed. Like there's a snowstorm in Pennsylvania and that's where we warehouse half of our goods. You know, creating some sort of email. And again, if it's automated, fantastic through like a clavio or similar. But creating some sort of email that says, you know, hey, here's what happened. Here's a snowstorm. Here's a fun picture of our film and associates building a snowman in front of the warehouse because the trucks can't get in the parking lot. Like just create some sort of connected brand experience, human experience, and tell that to your customers. I guarantee you that will be. I mean, there's going to be some people that are going to be upset, of course, right? But that's always going to be the case. Humanize it, make it fun, make it connected, make it speak to your brand. I think it's going to be such a better place to be.
0: What are some of the other things that we should consider? You know, our brand should consider when we talk about the shipping and unboxing experience to help them differentiate themselves, right? You know, um, you know. So, like, like I think going back to that original problem, which is how do you create a brand that speaks to your customers? How do you create your? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think. My team, if they were listening to this, would probably roll their eyes, but because I always say this, unboxing, if you think about what unboxing really is, unboxing is a loyalty marketing channel with 100% open rate. You're not going to get that on email. You might get close to that with text, with SMS, but even then you have to opt in in most states and countries. So, I mean, think about that. What marketer wouldn't salivate at a 100% open rate of content? It's the box. And people don't do it because sending emails is cheap, you know, or free in some cases, although so you have to have an ESP to do it but doing custom packaging or doing custom marketing inserts is often complicated. And sometimes it's a different team and it just gets, it gets messy for some brands. So I would say reframe your thinking around what the box is. The box is, yes, it's there to protect and deliver your product, but it's also there to speak to your customer. It's loyalty marketing. So going into a deep dive on that, some experiences I've seen with, you know, brands like Athletic Greens and others, you have sustainable packaging, first of all, which is I think we just, a Shopify just did a survey saying around 70% of customers actually do care about sustainable packaging and sustainable sourcing. So there is this kind of groundswell of interest in that. Sustainable packaging or recyclable packaging is like number one. If there's plastic everywhere, you will get complaints. I've talked to a ton of brands that get complaints on that. Number two is if it's branded. And here's where I don't think it needs to be crazy. I mean, it depends on your brand, of course. If you're, if it's a luxury brand or a PD brand, you might want that glossy, nice paper with the really good assets. But Even just doing something as simple as a recyclable brown box that just has your logo in a corner and just looks nice, even if it's not colored or anything like that, it's a little bit cheaper. That's still a differentiated experience. Then there's inside the box. We call it dunnage in the business. You know, a lot of people are, are putting plastic pillows in there, those inflatable plastic pillows. Some of them are biodegradable. Some of them aren't. We use jami paper, which is just a a sort of dense paper that you can kind of like pull off a roll and, and wrap things. So that's much more sustainable. And then there's, of course, the tape. What else is inside the box? Tape, I'll skip, but what's inside the box? This is where I think you can make huge moves and it's not that big of a lift, whether you work with a 3PL or if it's your own warehouse. I've seen customers have a lot of success with seasonal promotions where they put just like a little marketing insert, just like a simple printed thing probably costs, you know, less than 40 cents, 50 cents to source. They keep it in their warehouse and they just treat it as a pick. So if they have some sort of OMS, The system automatically or WMS, it automatically adds that pick to every order that's happening within a certain timeframe. You pick it, maybe it's got a coupon, maybe it's got, you know, just some other information about the brand and kind of like newsletter format, and you physically put it in the box with the good. Another way I've seen people do it is gift notes, which are more customized. So if there's like a a first order trigger on a subscription, you might want to have a custom gift note that's stocked for every customer say, Hey, Kevin, notice this was your first order. You know, please email us use this coupon code. If you want to refer friends, let us know if you need anything. Here's our direct line for our customer support team. That stuff does kind of go a longer way than most folks think. And you can put that physically again in the box. And then finally, there's like bonuses and add-ons and samples. Depending again on your industry, sometimes with beauty brands, this really works well. You know, hey, if you're ordering product A and product A is the bestseller, but the company's really focusing on B, product B as well, put in a smaller size of product B as a freebie once in a while or or experiment with it, A/B test it, do it with 50 customers, see what happens. We've
0: seen brands be really successful with that, depending on the industry also. Well, that's, that's, that's a lot of different and good, really good different examples for people to try out. I think it, I think it's just really going back, like you said, you know, it's really having a thought in there, right? You know, like, and I I like that you said, it's 100% open rate (laughs) when it comes to the unboxing experience. That's, yeah, that's like a marketer's dream. But yeah, you know, just being able to have that personalized experience and having something tangible from the brand that shows that they care as well. I think that really sets it apart. And, you know, while brands may think that, oh, maybe some other brands are also going to do it, it's going to be uh, something that like uh, brand, B, brand A has done, you know, why would I do this? But I think that, you know, every brand will find its own, I would not say niche, but its own way of doing things, right? Its own way of leaving its own mark in the box that they ship or in the product that they ship across and so that, you know, customers will feel the love anyway.
1: Yeah, and I would just say, I know this sounds intimidating, but it's going back to the old adage of like, if you approve 1% every day and actually compounds and that's 80% in a month, that's what I'd encourage brands to think about because I've been an entrepreneur too. I'm a recovering entrepreneur. There's a lot to focus on, what I described is probably exceptionally intimidating, but just try, try little things, try AB test, custom packaging versus not AB test, a marketing insert versus not AB test, more proactive shipping Wizmo type notifications. Where is my order? Just try, just try things and just, just stack them up, like create a list in a Google doc of experiments you want to try around the shipping and unboxing experience and just knock them off. That's the only way you're going to make progress, because if you try to do the whole kit caboodle at once, it's going to be really
0: intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Kevin, we've gone through quite a bit of information and we've gone through quite a bunch of different examples for how brands can differentiate themselves. Now, for a bit of extra reading, perhaps, or, you know, like in their spare time, you know, what, what are some good resources of books that you can recommend our listeners to check out? Admittedly, I'm not a big like business book person.
1: I don't know if that's like not right to say in, in my position, but... There are a couple that I have responded to well in the past. And so I'll, I'll highlight like two or three of them maybe because I think they're really relevant to entrepreneurs and and folks that run businesses. So, so first off is basics, like measure what matters is a really good one. So that's the book about OKRs and how to, how Google kind of organizes or how they did in their early days. So I really like that book. It's been pretty foundational for how I do performance management with my team. You know, just setting clear objectives and key results to support those objectives throughout the quarterly year or whatever. I think that's always helpful. I just think people perform better when they know kind of what the North star is. So that's one that I have responded to well in the past and I do employ every day. Another one is more about like management style, which I like, and and that's radical candor if anyone's ever read that one. So that's essentially this kind of concept that as a manager, or even as a business person in general, if you want to influence people, you can kind of be on a spectrum of how much you care personally about the human beings you're interacting with versus how much you're challenging them professionally. And if you're. If you're outside of that top right quadrant, where you care personally about the people you work with, but you also are challenging and demanding of results, that's the best place to be for a lot of reasons. So I really like radical candor. That's something that I, I think about all the time. And then for a much quicker read and maybe more entrepreneurial, I I really like talking to humans. I forget the author off the top of my head, but it's a really simple, it's almost like a handbook more than a novel. It's like 45 pages or something, I think. And it's just about how you actually interact with customers to get feedback on products. Because, you know, if, if you've been in the design world or if you've done this before, you know, asking people, hey, would you buy this is not probably a great strategy because they have no incentive to say no. So you're not going to get real data there. You're going to mix up your signals and your noise. So I think talking to humans is a really great one that I liked um, when I was starting. is not apparent. And then as far as resources for brands, you know, again, I'm a recovering entrepreneur. I would say a great agency, marketing agency, is worth its weight in gold. Bad ones can be a waste of money and time. So I think if you're thinking about an agency or you're, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm not sure if it's worth it, it's worth it to check it out. So I, I ran acquisition marketing at a previous company and working with this great agency side by side helped me lower my customer acquisition cost by 80%. And they really became partners to me. Like they taught me a lot about how to think about marketing, how to think about partnerships. So if you don't have a great agency, if you want one, you know, anyone can hit me up and, and we'll talk about what makes a good one versus a not so good one. But that's a really big, big lever too.
0: Is there anything else besides, uh, like, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Something that you're doing at ShipBob right now? Any special promotions that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think we do have, with LTV+, Plus, we have a great promotion right now for $500 in free shipping. If you start with ShipBob, doing any sort of fulfillment. So you can do stateside fulfillment. You can do international fulfillment. You could piecemeal it. It doesn't really matter. So it, it's essentially almost like a trial. And I mean, we'll give you $500 free. So, yeah, we have that at product.shipbob.com slash Partner slash LTV plus, or you can just Google search LTV plus ShipBob, Bob, and it'll come
0: up and just fill out that form. You'll get to my team and we'll take care of you. Sounds great. And just to run it off, Kevin, if people want to get in touch with you, they'll definitely have more questions off of this episode. What's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think this is just being in the partnership space, but LinkedIn is actually a really good source of connecting with me. So you can hit me up on LinkedIn. I do, I do read those and I do respond, or you can just email me. I'm at K-M-A-R-V-I-N-A-C. So that's Kmarvinac at shipbomb.com.
0: Well, Kevin, thank you so much for jumping on this episode with me today. I think it was really insightful. And I know that based on our conversation, I know that we can definitely dive into it a lot more. But uh, at, at least as a <laughs> start, I think this is a good, a good starting point for brands to really start considering how they can personalize the experience, how they can set themselves apart through the shipping and unboxing experiences, right? Like, you know, we talked about the, uh, especially the, the fact that it's a really one key thing listeners you have to pay attention to. Kevin here shared that, you know, the unboxing part of it, that's like an almost, that's like a hundred percent open rate if you think about it. So what's a better way to get your marketing stuff out there to, before people will check out, right? So something really important to think about. But Kevin, thank you so much for sharing all these insights. It's really wonderful catching up with you. Yeah, likewise, huge Thanks for having me. All right. You take care. We'll talk soon. Take care, everyone. Now, thank you so much for checking out this show as well. And we work really hard to produce this show. So if you'd like to support, you know, if you'd like to Give us a little bit more of a thumbs up and also giving us more feedback. Check out our show on the Apple podcast and leave a review. I would definitely love to get your feedback every single time because that helps us improve what we're doing here at How We Solve. We definitely hope you've earned your five stars, but in any case, just let us know what your opinions are and what your feedback is. So How We Solve is more than just a show. And we offer a full suite of services that can accelerate growth and maximize revenue for your business. So check us out on our website at HowWeSolve.com to learn more.
1: Is your e commerce growing so fast that you can't keep up with supporting your customers in real time? Serve them better in any time zone and language. They will thank you with higher conversion rates and repeat purchases. We build and manage your own dedicated customer experience team of live chat and support agents. Get started today. Visit ltvplus.com. That's ltvplus.com.
0: Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.